0: From the Amazon to the Himalayas, God is accomplishing His mission. Welcome to Amazon to the Himalayas podcast, stories and conversations with the global church and for the global church about the mission of God in the world. And now here is your host, Paul Akin.
1: This is Amazon to the Himalayas podcast, conversations with the global church and for the global church about the mission of God in the world. I'm your host, Paul Aiken. And in this episode, we will hear about what God is doing in South Asia. Our guest today is Radford. Radford and his family live and serve in South Asia. They live and work in a beautiful, but spiritually and physically challenging place. I've known Radford from afar for several years and admire and appreciate his work and his ministry. And I'm very excited for you to hear from him today. Radford, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be a part of this. Radford, tell us briefly about you and your family and how you ended up living and serving in South Asia.
2: My wife grew up overseas in Southeast Asia. She was born in Texas, but all of her life she lived in Southeast Asia until she came back for college. So she already kind of had, growing up seeing her her family, she had kind of that mindset for, this is what we're going to do as believers, to share God's word. For me, I was a mountaineering instructor. And loved the mountains and loved sharing about God's creation as we went through the mountains and loved sharing about God as I led these trips. But I realized there was more. The people I was sharing with, they had already heard about who God was. But there are people in places throughout the world that had not heard about God. And so I wanted to take those, the gifts and, and talents that I had, and use those to share God's word with people throughout the world. We were planning to go to South America. And as we were, Preparing to go, I was watching some mountaineering documentaries, extremely riveting documentaries, as my wife would say. And as we just watched these, uh, most of the documentaries took place in the place that we're in now with our people because they're uh, the Himalayas. And those guys uh, on the videos would be talking about God lives in this mountain and this mountain is holy and we can't touch this mountain. We have to do these things because the mountain will become angry. It was two things that was really important to me. One was mountains and, and the other was God, but those two things are not the same. So we just started praying that God would send someone to these people and that they could share with them that, that there's a difference between the mountains and, and with God and and God is so much greater than what we see in, in his creation. And so as we started praying about this, God, please send someone who can you know interact with these guides that can speak to them on their level, on a way they understand and can do the things that they do and be able to share with them in a way Because mountaineering is a selfish endeavor And most people that are going to go climb They don't have that kind of idea To, to share God's word And so we're just praying about this God send someone, send someone And he said I do want to send someone I want to send you and your family And so God changed our, our direction Changed our minds, changed our hearts For the people in the place that we're at now uh,
1: How many years have you been living
2: and serving there? Now we are A little bit over five and a half years
1: And maybe tell us a little bit about the people, the culture, what makes that part of the world unique?
2: Yeah, I think this part of the world is extremely unique because of the massive amount of diversity. And so uh, the country that we're in, if you start at the south part of our country, you have a flat desert area, extremely hot. And then at the north part, you go to the highest point in the world. And so you go all the way from desert through small hills like we might see in uh, you know, uh, North Carolina, Georgia type area. You work your way through the jungles there all the way up to glaciated peaks in the Himalayas. And so the landscape is really diverse, but also the people. We have over a hundred different official languages in, in this country and just as many types of different belief systems and things like that. Hinduism, Tibetan Buddhism, Muslims. There's a lot of people that are into like Western Buddhism as well, people who do spiritual yoga. I mean, it's it's all over the place, different cultures, languages, and people in every part of this country.
1: Radford, maybe tell us one of your biggest highlights, maybe over the last year or so. People all around the world are praying for you. They're praying for your work. So what is the Lord doing there?
2: Yeah, this year, I think it's been strange for everyone. The work that we do mostly is among expedition and trekking guides here in the country. And so we uh, track and climb lead groups uh, alongside a lot of these ethnic um, guides. And this year has been very different because there's been no tourism. So these guys are usually busy all year going different places. They're, they're very rarely at their homes. And this year, they've been at their homes every day. They've been completely bored and are just like, what, what can we do? Let's do something, please, anything. And so if I call them, hey, do you want to go? on a hike? Or do you want to sit down and have tea? Or let's go have a meal somewhere. Uh, they're very, very ready to do that. And so uh, there've been several occasions where I went to go hiking with one of these guides, uh, just kind of a leisure activity. And we hiked for six to eight hours uh, all day. And I'm able to do sharing the whole time. So we're able to talk through a lot of things and see what's been going on in their hearts, in their lives, what's shaped them into the kind of person that they've uh, been shaped into and what's kind of their background. And that's really, really hard to do in this country, but especially among, among our people. The, the surface, on the surface, it's, they're very, very friendly people. They'll invite you to their house for food and this kind of thing. But in their own culture, they never talk about sensitive or deep issues. And so to have six to eight hours to walk and talk with somebody and be completely open with them and then be open with you is really unheard of. And so this year has really provided an opportunity that, that we've never had before.
1: I know every day is a little bit different, and no two days are really the same. so as you think about the last several months, and I know like you said, this year has been very different than normal, but what's the the biggest surprise that you've had in the last several months
0: oh
2: there's been there's been a lot of surprises I think one of the one of the biggest surprises is you know seeing how people have reacted to not having anything to do, and what I mean by that is a lot of times people will potentially just, you know, spend a lot of time on their phone or watching movies, these kinds of things. But it's been strange in this country just to see a lot of people that have spent a lot more time talking and uh, being intentional with their time, which I was really surprised by. And that has left a lot of people wanting to, like, like for instance, the guys I was talking about that we might go take a six or eight hour hike, uh, the next week they're saying, hey, let's, let's do that again, which is really, like I said, unheard of. So that's been really surprising to see people using their time more toward people versus what I anticipated would be more time on their phone, playing games, watching movies, these kind of things. And so that's been a really pleasant surprise.
1: Obviously, there's all kinds of challenges in your work, but if you had to narrow it down, what would you say is the single biggest challenge you face in your work?
2: Well, our the country that we're in changes rapidly all the time. The government. It's always rotating who's in power. Most of the time, we're not even sure who's in power. And uh, there's a lot of unknowns. And those things can sometimes, if I'm not careful, bring me down or bring my family down. Um, and so I think the biggest obstacle I face is my own attitude and how I'm going to face the day. If I have spent ample time in God's Word and I'm seeking Him and somebody steps out in front of me while I'm driving and I almost hit them, I'm a lot more gracious than if I already have a bad attitude. And there's just a huge difference in like I can have a hard time with a small obstacle with a bad attitude or overcome a great obstacle with a right attitude that, that is, you know, where I'm trying to please the Lord through the things I'm doing. So I think the biggest obstacle is my own attitude and the way that, that I'll face challenges if I'm going to lean on the Lord or if I'm going to uh be irritated.
1: I know there are some Christians and some churches in the area where you live and where you work. So as you think about the local brothers and sisters that are there, what are some of the things that maybe they're teaching you as you kind of watch and observe their lives? What are some things that you're learning from them?
2: Well, in the States, I think there's a lot of education. People know a lot about God's Word, but there's a, a lack of vision. I think the opposite is, is true here. The education on God's Word is really low, but they have a vision and a passion to see people around them know God's word and know God the way they do. Just their desire to see that. I mean, a lot of these, my my two best friends here, they've both been beaten several times. When they were growing up in their villages, their church was burned to the ground. Uh, a couple of their teeth were knocked out. With some soldiers that came in, hit them with their the butts of their weapons. One friend in particular was chased out of his village with his mom throwing rocks at him. And so their perseverance through that and not even really understanding all the aspects that we would take for granted maybe in the States about God's word. They have a massive passion for, this is something that I really need to tell my family and my friends and people in my village, no matter what they're going to do to me. And I think that's something that they've been teaching me as well to have that same kind of vision, you know, regardless of how confident we may feel in, you know, oh, I have all the answers. And so they're just faithful to to share God's word to the extent that they know it.
1: Would you say that persecution is normal for the Christians in that place?
2: Yes. So we have more than 20 different people groups that we're working with. So they each have a different culture, different language. And out of all of the villages that we might work in, we have three believers that are in villages. The rest of those are, have all had to move down to the capital city because of persecution. They've been kicked out. And so it makes the work a bit difficult because every time someone becomes a believer, they have to leave their village so that the, the work kind of starts over in that area. But yeah, it's, a very, it's very prevalent. and It's very difficult for them to be able to stay in the village they were born with their family if they become believers.
1: Maybe thinking about you and your family, and I know things are a bit different right now and have been over the last several months, but for those that are listening who maybe are not familiar with what life looks like on the other side of the world, what is life like for you and for your family? Uh, I imagine you know being in the mountains and being in that place is a little bit different than what it might be like in, in Mayberry here in the United States. So, what does life look like for you and your family?
2: I would say some things feel normal. We homeschool our kids, so we spend a lot of time doing that. We also have a business that we have that we run here for our visa, and so we spend some time there. But you know, every every day is is different. I might call somebody ask if they want to have tea. we'll go try to have tea. maybe they come, maybe they don't. maybe they're two hours late. Uh, so I think the biggest the biggest difference would be I have to hold plans very, very loosely uh, to be extremely flexible with uh, with what i'm what I'm planning to do for the day. and uh, my to-do list is usually one or two items for the day. We're going to get these two things done today, like you know I'm going to meet with this one guy and uh, I'm going to try to plan this trip that we're going to do in a few months. And, and that might be all because there's so many things that, that happen that are unforeseen. And it's, it still seems strange to me that something could happen every day that's unexpected, but, <laughs> but it does. And so I think that, that day-to-day is hard to know, but we know that every day is going to be different than we planned it or pictured it to be.
1: Radford, this is a, a kind of a personal question that I ask everyone that I interview. Day after day, week after week and month after month, what keeps you there in that place, and why are you giving your life to this work?
2: That's a good question. The answer is simple and I guess complicated at the same time. It's God's call you know to our life. If we weren't here, I don't know what we would do, to be honest with you. you know I, I, that's been one thing that, that has kept us here more than anything else, more than uh, determination or like, what will people say? Or this is what we need to do. Uh, it's just that this is what God has asked us to do. And I can't see us doing anything else. Now, I've had lots of lots of jobs over the years. None of those compare to this work that we're doing. And regardless of all the trials and frustrations and things like that that occur, there's really no comparison to us being able to know this is what God's called us to do. And this is what we're here to do. And so it's like, you know, oh, this you guys had a massive earthquake. Are you going to come home? Well, no, this is where we are. This is where God's called us to be. And so I think this knowing and having that clear call from the Lord that these are the people, this is the place, and this is the task that he's given us, I think that supersedes everything else. It makes it where there's really not a question as to what are we going to do? Are we going to stay here? Are we going to go? And so that's made it in some ways Not easy to stay, but easy to continue moving forward.
1: What is your constant prayer for the people that you're working with and the place where you're serving? What are the things that you're day in and day out just praying and asking the Lord to do?
2: Right now, my main prayer, I have a list of different guides, different trekking expedition guides that are in the area, and and I'm praying for them to come to know who God is because you know, everybody's worth is the same. Nobody's worth more than somebody else, but some people have a lot of influence. And so we're just praying for people of influence to come to know Christ so they can influence their own their own people. So these these guides, these, these trekking expedition guides are the movie stars, I guess, of their own people. Uh, they're the important people that make decisions for what are they going to do in the village? What's going to be taboo? What is their culture going to be shaped like? And so we're really praying that that a few of these guys will come to know Christ and can impact their own people with, with the gospel. Bradford, last question. What is one thing you want
1: everyone listening to this podcast to know or to do?
2: Maybe some of it is the situation that we're, that we're in right now, but my wife and I were talking recently, and she was just talking about uh, you know how the Israelites complained about manna from the Lord, and <laughs> they wanted something different. And God was giving them all their needs. And I think it's just important for us here as we're going through trials, but even people uh, you know, they're in the States, just to be content with what God is providing for you. And you know, no matter what the trials or things that you're going through, it's all temporary and God's providing your every need. As his word says he will, according to his will and to his riches, to his kingdom, he's gonna provide those things. And so I think I just want to Know as we're following God that He'll provide that, and we should be thankful and and grateful of those things, and to be content.
1: I hope you enjoyed hearing from Radford today. As the Lord brings him and his family, his work to your mind, please be praying for them and for the things that they're doing in South Asia. To hear more conversations like this, please subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening to this episode. More encouraging conversations are on the way. This is Amazon to the Himalayas podcast.
0: Thank you for joining us on Amazon to the Himalayas. This podcast is brought to you by the Billy Graham School at Southern Seminary. Please visit our website, www.sbts.edu BGS, where you can subscribe to the show and learn more. Also, if you have found these conversations helpful, please leave us a comment or a review and encourage your friends to subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more. This is Amazon to the Himalayas podcast.